My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on Kaya 959 on the street on the air. My next guest is Ntombi Mangwani and she is an experienced architect for Accenture Interactive and Women's Forum lead for Accenture in Africa. She joined Accenture in 2015 tasked to build strategic value and deliver personalized unique marketing as well as communications experiences. In her current role she helps clients to deliver exponential and extraordinary digital experiences for their customers. She also drives initiatives to attain Accenture's vision to achieve a 50-50 gender balanced workforce by 2025. A very good evening to you and Tombi. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. Good evening to you all and good evening to your listeners. So, you know, that's quite a bit you have on your plate, I would say. First, first take me through what an experienced architect is. So let me give you some history on it. When I joined Accenture, I actually joined as the marketing and communications director. And I was in that role for about six years. So as an experienced architect, what I'm doing is taking my 21 years of marketing and communications and I'm now working with CMOs, chief marketing officers and marketing directors to help build their knowledge, help them understand what the trends are in marketing, communication, help them find efficiencies. I use my training and I use the research and insights that we have as a consulting organization to help them evolve as marketing teams, to build marketing teams and structures that are relevant for the future, help them understand what technology is in place to help support marketing teams as we move in a world that's really embedded and has a foundation of digital transformation, looking at efficiencies in terms of how do we better use our budgets without necessarily actually having to increase them. In other words, doing more with the same or doing more with less and really understanding that the the, the world which we said customer experience was everything has evolved Mm -hmm. and we look at the business of experience. We look at the importance of customer experience doesn't lie with that person who is at the call center or the person who's looking after sales. But the business of experience talks about the minute somebody arrives at our gate, at Kaya FM. Mm. How is the security receiving them? How are they communicating with them? And after they've parked their car, how is the reception welcoming them? What is the experience that we want to leave people with when they visit Kaya FM? All the way through to the way they may be given a cup of coffee, all the way through to how we actually invite them into the studio. So looking at the entire organization and saying, how do we deliver unique experiences that make our customers feel extra special? Because remember, in a digital world, the customer wants to be listened to. Mm-hmm. They want to have a say, and it's no longer a case of the business saying, customer, you will like this. You will enjoy this. You will react this way to the product that we are giving you. Yeah. The power is with the customer. So organizations need to evolve. Marketing teams need to evolve. They need to evolve to listen to the consumer understand what their clients want, what makes them happy versus we just throwing things at them and it's a bit of a prey and spray. And it's creating those unique experiences that make people buy into you, Kaya FM, or you as a brand. 
to say, I like that brand and I'm going to be loyal to that brand. And even if that brand sells and charges me more, the experience I get with that brand is so unique, I'm willing to pay for it. Yeah. Before I get into how you actually got yourself into this position and, you know, basically honed your skills around it, I personally feel that we still have a long way to go in South Africa in terms of providing that unique customer experience, even at the very, very basic level. If you look, for instance, at retail, for instance, I still feel like we have a long way to go. Would you agree? I wouldn't necessarily agree. Look at how businesses in South Africa, before the lockdown, before when we were in uh, 2019, beginning of 2020, people had heard about online shopping. Mm-hmm. There were a few organizations which were actually selling their goods and services online. But look at how quickly a lot of people, out of the sheer need to survive, out of the sheer need to remain sustainable, were able to embrace online platforms platforms were able to start joining a simple example Uber Eats restaurants and shopping uh, retail shopping centers that actually thought they wouldn't they actually had a lot of time to go online but when they saw that our customers are not coming to us mm-hmm. we need to come to them they evolved way faster yeah. COVID-19 actually accelerated digital adoption and digital transformation. And I would say we are not there. We are absolutely not there. But South Africans and South African businesses realize the importance of actually being on platforms where people are willing to buy. So if you are saying, I'm not going online, I'm not going to listen to the new buying trends of customers and my clients, I don't care that they have changed their buying behaviors. I've run my business this way and I'll continue buying, running my business this way. Then you, my dear friend, are the perfect mm. candidate to be disrupted. But it did, in all fairness, it did take a pandemic and it took a lockdown to actually push people into this into this um into the space where let's think quickly otherwise we are going to lose the the few customers that we have left because because we had online like the rest of the world but we were lagging the rest of the world in terms of the take up in South Africa it was almost you know covid-19 came and gave us this jolt like now you you've got to get into it forget your trust issues forget this forget that just get into it because how else are you going to get the things that you need at your doorstep so I think one of the best jolts that came with COVID-19 was the fact that South Africans realize people can work from home and yeah. we don't all have to be sitting in traffic. Mm-hmm. And this is it. When you talk about Evolve as well, we also in, you know, um, I suppose, you know, big businesses want to see you in the office. They also want to micromanage you. They want to make sure that they're getting their worth out of you. Whatever they're paying you, they're making sure that they're getting all of that out of you. But now they were also forced to change their thinking if they can work from home. I'm not able to watch them, but we have no other choice. Well, you know, the age of actually saying you're going to be micromanaging and checking that uh, people clocked in at eight and left at five, it's not relevant for every industry. Mm. Understanding that people might argue that in a factory environment, it's still what is required. I would agree to a certain extent, but factories are also finding themselves having technology being put in place. And what I would encourage a lot of leaders and organizations to focus on is when you build a culture of trust in an organization, where you're not looking at the fact that somebody switched on their laptop at eight and they actually left at five. If you build a culture wherein a mother 
can take their one o'clock break and go pick up their child from school. Or somebody can stop working at four o'clock, attend to their kids from four to six, and then log on again. If you build a culture of trust and a culture where you measure people on the output versus being on between eight and five, you're going to find that your people are innovating more. The culture is going to encourage people to be way more productive because my company has given me the flexibility to work in a way that also accommodates my family. And the reality is, if organizations are not willing to build cultures that accommodate the employee, the worker, and the family, remember your organization is not made up of buildings. It's made up of people. And people are choosing to work for organizations and brands that understand that I need to live a balanced lifestyle, which means I'm going to do homework with my kids. As a father, I need to take my kids to extramural activities. As a mother, I need to cook. As a wife, I have responsibilities. So if organizations are accommodating all of that, building in the flexibility, allowing people to structure their packages to sometimes work four days out of five, you're going to find you're making way more profit and also having happier people working with you. And digital technology allows us to do and deliver all of this. And Toby, change is not always easy. And when you talk about all of the things that needs to be done and the mindset, really, the mindset needs to be changed. You didn't start now. You started a long time ago. And often, you know, you you hit a, a few stumbling blocks. Well, not stumbling blocks, but brick walls, because some people just don't want, uh, they, they're not embracing the change that needs to happen. How did you manage that over time to get to where you are now? If you, I, I'm, I think the, the trick about me is that I'm a big believer in change and I embrace change. However, I 100% agree with you. One of the things I wrote a chapter about in my PhD is about how people react to change. And the truth is, we can talk about digital transformation. We can talk about working from home. We can talk about the ability for parents to go pick up their kids during school. They are going to be leaders who are never going to get there. They are going to be people who are never going to get there. They are going to be organizations that battle with it because change is a process. And first of all, you need to convince people why that change is necessary so that they see the vision and they buy into it. And even then, you need to convince people that the change is not not going to impact them negatively. In other words... If I have to embrace all this new technology, will I, will I not be cut out and no longer have a job? Because those are some of the threats people mm-hmm. see when it comes to technology. And change is difficult to embrace. However, if you choose not to change, you're going to be in trouble either way. Because you're going to be seen as a worker that is unable to relearn new behaviors mm-hmm. and new ways of working. And if you choose to change, Rather, take the risk to be open to learning. I think change is inevitable. And yes, in as much as people struggle with it, if you do not embrace it, the consequences can never be good for you. You have to be flexible. You have to be versatile. You have to be able to adapt, especially when in cases where the change happens much faster than you expected or, you know. in And, a, in a, and, and we're not saying it's easy. We're yeah, not. Yeah. I I agree it is a difficult thing. I'm simply saying for you to remain relevant, 
sustainable. And for you to probably safeguard what you're trying to safeguard, which is your job, you have a better chance of growing as a person if you embrace the change, as difficult as it may be. Yeah. And Tombi, you also do a lot of work with, in terms of uplifting women, empowering women, teaching them this thinking and getting them out there. Because often you have an instance where women feel, uh, feel intimidated in, especially in areas of technology where, and leadership roles and some that just don't feel confident enough to be there, whereas they have as much right to be there as the next person. You know, when I was in high school, I was okay with maths. But when it came to high school, I don't think I was okay with maths. And my sister uh, would have to sit me down at the dining room table with my mom and literally get me through high school maths. Mm -hmm. And I swore to myself that when I finish school, I will never touch maths. And people might say, so why did you do it all the way up to matric? I was in a school that said, "You you will do maths all the way to matric. And that's probably the best thing that could have happened to me. And when I finished high school, I obviously went on to do university. And in university, I finished. And then I went on and I did an MBA. And I was laughing to myself thinking, I swore I would never touch anything got to do with accounting and math because I managed to finish it for high school. And I said I'd never do it again. But here I am completing an MBA, right? And there's a lot of numbers Mm -hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of accounting and there I am. I did it. And then I thought, oh my goodness, I've never been an A student, you know, but so I must just do the basics that I need and I get out. Here I am doing a PhD. My point is this when it comes to our women. You just spoke about how women don't have the confidence. I did not have the confidence to do that metric math in the first place. But somehow I managed to then get the confidence to do an MBA. And then I managed to get the confidence to do a PhD. Mm-hmm. My argument is this. When we create walls for ourselves and we create these stop nonsenses, as they call them in Soweto, that we do not want to climb over, Mm. we then become our own worst enemy. What I am grateful for is the ability to say, I am intimidated by this, but if I was able to succeed the first time around, why can't I try again? Even if it means I get help. If it means I get a tutor or I get a friend who's good with this, I can ask for help. So the approach I have when it comes to women is, yes, you listen to me now. You think, oh, wow, this woman speaks so well. This woman's so confident. Of course, I have my fears. Of course, I'm not excellent at everything. Of course, there are things that scare me. But if I want to achieve a certain goal and I need to go through that gate, then I prepare a plan Mm. to work on how do I get through that gate. And what I want to encourage women about, we have a voice, but a lot of us are not using it. A lot of us are afraid. And the truth is, we speak to, we keep talking about gender equality. We want to be respected like our men. We want to earn the same as our men because we are capable. Sometimes we even do the job better than them. But who's telling that story? Who's in the room making sure that they know we are capable? So as scary as it is, I need you to just try. And yeah. you will find the minute you try the first time and people listen, then you get another opportunity. And then you grow in confidence and you use your voice and you start representing yourself, your future kids, your current kids and the generation to come. But if we as women are not speaking for ourselves, 
who is going to represent us. You know, we just need to remember how powerful we are. Just like you say, we create those worlds, we can also break them down. And that's what we need to be doing constantly. Uh, constantly. And Tombi, thank you so much for your time this evening. It was great chatting to you. What a pleasure. And Tombi Mangwani is an experienced architect for Accenture Interactive and Women's Forum Lead for Accenture in Africa. My Money and Me, every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. On Kaya 959. On the street, on the air.